Hey everyone, Phil Bailey here from the London, Ontario Real Estate Podcast. We're on our 29th episode of the podcast. And today I have a very special guest joining me, Chris Burton. He's a financial security advisor in London with the Burton Financial Group. He's also the president of Dad Club London, which is where I know him from in London. And I'm very excited to have Chris on the podcast today. Talk about a few different things uh, that you know I think are going to be interesting to our listeners here. Uh, number one, Chris, really just curious, you know, tell us about yourself, what you do as a financial security advisor in London. Hey, Phil. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. Congratulations, twenty nine episodes. That's amazing. Um, I would have liked to have been the thirtieth guest. That seems like more of a milestone, but I'll take twenty nine for sure. Um, so financial security advisor, we're a one-stop shop financial services here in London. So at Burton Financial Group, we have in our team, we've got an accountant, a CPA that does both personal and corporate taxes. Um, we do mortgages as well. We have mortgage agents, um, all things investments, um, tax-free savings accounts, RSPs, pension transfers. Um, and on the insurance side, all things insurance. I've got two people in the office that do home and auto insurance and then all the living benefits, life insurance, disability, critical illness. Um, so we do that for individuals. And then we also do that for um, uh, companies or corporate uh, clients. So for like group benefits or group RSPs, we can help with that stuff too. And our accountant also does personal and corporate tax stuff. So it's really kind of a, our, our concept was just that the one-stop shop that uh, anything that happens in your life that has a dollar sign that we're the call to make and help you through that. Nice. Wow. It seems like you have a lot on your plate, Chris. Uh, that's a that's a big team you have there too. So I'm glad uh, to see that that's you know an option for people to kind of go to one shop instead of having to to go to seven seventeen different people to get all the same stuff you're just talking about. Um, and yeah, I mean, 29th episode. I mean, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty good number here. Thirtieth, I might have to do something even more special for. I'm not sure, but I don't know what could be more special than having Chris Burton on the podcast today. Um, so Chris, uh, obviously, it's a London Ontario real estate podcast. So I want to talk about, you know, homes, but also the financial side of, of that whole process, because it's something that as a real estate agent, I obviously see, I, I learn a lot about, I think, people sometimes, and sometimes I'm not involved, obviously, in the the mortgage, the mortgage side, or maybe the financial side from, you know, 10 years ago, and what happened there, I'm kind of the guy that helps them find a house or helps them buy and sell a house. Uh, but it's really important, I think, that they know a lot about that process, and they have someone, you know, like yourself that they can chat to about that. So, a lot of my clients right now, you know, they're purchasing their first or their second home in London. I'm wondering if you have any general thoughts on really how people can set goals to help them achieve their their goal of a first home or, or upgrading their their home in in the London area. For sure, um, kind of two separate things. Um, you're in a better position, probably uniquely, if you're looking at your second home versus first home. Um, and like you said, the market here in London, you know how challenging it's been over the last couple of years. Um, the price is increasing. I actually, I really feel for those first time home buyers. It's a lot different position than like you said, even 10 years ago. Um, I mean, let me ask you first, what, what's the average home price now in London? Would you say? Detached. I mean, you're probably just to get into a starter home. You're probably you know pushing five hundred thousand for sure. I mean, I think average price. If you look at the whole board, you're probably closer to six hundred, a little bit above six hundred right now. Perfect. So let's use that five hundred for example as a first time home buyer. I mean, 
you know, now I sound like my parents saying, well, back in the day, but like 10 years ago, you could get into a home for under $200,000, whether it be, you know, a nice little single detached or even a, a townhouse. And, and now, like you said, pushing 500. So I did some quick numbers this morning. And for example, a first time home buyer, so that's with 5% down 25,000, plus you need some other extra money for closing costs and everything else. And now you need a lawnmower that you didn't know you needed or a rake and things like that, or problem with appliances. So you need closer to $30,000 in savings. With property taxes, you're pushing close to a $3,000 a month payment on that. So that's huge, right? So like, you know, if 10 years ago, if I would have told you I was buying my uh, a home that was half a million dollars, I would have thought it looked like a castle, right? And would be excited to have my friends over. And now, like you said, that's just kind of your starter home. So um, the biggest thing there is, is I really think it's key to work with an advisor or financial expert, whether you know it's someone at your bank or someone like myself, to help you kind of set those goals for savings and getting that down payment um, saved up. Um, obviously, we can still use things like you know gift letters and help from parents because sometimes the bank of mom and dad is you know the best way to go. Um, but it is a lot tougher to save up you know thirty thousand dollars. And and that being said, to even qualify for that mortgage, you're pushing somewhere around a, a $90,000 a year or so income just to qualify for that too, right? So those are the things to keep in mind thinking, oh, I might have the money, but now do I also qualify? And that's depending, you know, do you have a car payment? Do you have, you know, other student loan debt, things like that, that are all factors. So um, two, two people you should really see, and, and that's again, why we do the one-stop shop concept. But um, you should talk to a mortgage expert so that you know what you qualify for and kind of plan because, you know, people like yourself as realtors, you're very busy and, and you know, you've got some excited buyers, but, you know, do they know if they're actually going to qualify? So you should really see an expert, a mortgage expert to, to see what you qualify for and then work with your financial professional on that savings aspect. So that's for first time home buyers. For your, your second homes, um, where I said that they have a little bit better advantage is because of all the equity that we've seen in the market over the last three years. Um, you know, you, you've been kind of gifted this extra equity just because of the market increase. Um, so it's a little bit easier for down payment qualifications on that. Now you do need 20% down versus 5% down in the second home. Um, but again, just from your equity, that perspective, you should be um, in a better position. So again, though, key to work with both your, your mortgage expert to make sure that um, it, it works for your budget. Um, and also, again, with a financial professional, especially if you've got some equity in there, you want to make sure that you know, you're, you're allocating the funds where they should go. To the, that would be the best use really for you. Yeah, no, I think that's great, Chris. I mean, I think I think it's really important to kind of look at who are the people that you should be talking to before you even start the process of looking for a home? I, I, I definitely have people that have maybe early on in, in, in my career where, you know, I might start looking for a house with someone and realize, you know, they're not really qualified to be able to make that purchase. And it's just super disappointing for, for everyone involved. So one of the key things that I always ask is, yeah, are you, are you qualified to be able to make a purchase on that? Because the last thing you want to do is start looking at criteria that you're never really going to be able to purchase, right? So, um, and I think, it, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that about, you know, the average house, how much it's changed in terms of price over the last, say, 10 years, or even maybe even five years, really. Uh, what's interesting to me is that before, and I've been saying this to a lot of clients, is, you know, before the pandemic market happened, 
we were able to kind of get into a house. Yeah, it was a really a starter home, wasn't maybe in the greatest shape, but you could probably get one for like, you know, $250,000, $300,000, right? During the pandemic, that house was definitely 500000 And we're talking, you know, entry level detached house. I remember seeing some of them and, you know, they, they kind of, some of them scared me a little bit, you know, wonky floors, uh, things that probably aren't that fixable unless you have a lot of money or you want to, you know, build a new house in the same lot. Uh, and then maybe now that price is back to maybe, you know, 450, maybe even 500, you get something that's actually like, you know, relatively uh, turnkey to be able to move in. So interesting right now is like, I think there's actually some more opportunity in the market. The problem is, is that the interest rates have gone up so substantially that people can't even qualify for those houses if they were able to get in. Right. But people, I think that are waiting for the the sky to fall, it, the trend to me over the last, you know, since the pandemic has has still been trending, you know, in in the direction of the the lower the lowest house you could possibly buy is significantly more expensive now, even if you just take out that pandemic period altogether, right? So it's interesting to me to just kind of see where where that's kind of going. Um, but certainly agree with you on you know getting that conversation out of the way to start because if you if you have no idea where you're where where you can go, it's really difficult to kind of plot your your path to what you're looking for in a home, right? And, and I think too, it's like some people will qualify for a mortgage, but they might not be comfortable spending, you know, that amount of money. Uh, because of many things, you know, child care expenses, it could be, you know, various personal things that you're dealing with, right? So I think someone that might qualify, they're in a very different position, uh, depending on the person that you're talking to. So, okay, that's great. Uh, do, do, what do you think too? I mean, I get a lot of couples that are, you know, that are working with me, maybe people that have been in a relationship for a very long time, some people that might be, you know, in a newer relationship. So one of the things I, I wanted to ask you, Chris, is what do you think is really important to talk to your partner about financial goals? Is that something that you see in, in your business? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, 90% probably of all divorce issues or marital problems are to do with financial um, literacy or financial planning. So 100%, you need to be on the same play page. You know, usually there's, what I've found in my history, usually there's a spender and there's a saver. So, um, you know, it's getting them both to be in line with the same goals. So, yeah, in, important to, and, and again, you know what, that's where your financial services professional comes in, your financial security advisor, your financial advisor, where you can sit down with someone who's kind of like that unbiased person and, um, you know, help plan those goals together. Um, and sometimes it takes the emotion out of it. Um, but yeah, you, 100%, Phil, you need to both be on the same page with your partner and, um, and have those goals line up. Nice. And, and, you know, one of the things I brought up just before this is also about mortgage interest rates, right? So that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm curious about. Obviously, I tell clients I don't have a crystal ball to tell you what the Bank of Canada is going to do, you know, in their next, their next step. I do read a lot, but I don't really like to, uh, to tell people, Hey, this is where things are going. This is where the market's going to go. I think anyone that tells you that probably, um, has an ulterior motive of some sort, but <laughs> I am curious on, you know, your thoughts on, on mortgage rates, mortgage interest rates right now. You know, how are you seeing that impacting, you know, just maybe the, the mark, the market from a mortgage, uh, perspective, but also just overall financial goals of people as well? Well, I, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I think we all wish we had that crystal ball, right? Um, you know, four months ago, any expert, the things you're reading, a lot of them said that they thought mortgage rates would hold um, until maybe towards the end of the year. Then we saw the June increase. 
Then it was kind of a 50-50 from experts, you know, what was going to happen in July. And then we saw a July increase. And, um, you know, I, we should have put some kind of waiver disclaimer in here. Where now I'm going to say, like, I think the banks are pirates. <laughs> They're the only ones who are really benefiting from this um, these rates. And what, what are, whatever the Bank of Canada is doing, they seem to still be increasing their rates on a regular basis. So right now, for a first-time home buyer, you're kind of in the, the low to mid 5% range. Um, if you're into that second home and it's an uninsured mortgage, and I'm sure you've discussed this on your podcast before, the difference between insured and uninsured, people get confused sometimes thinking like the life insurance, but it's really the mortgage default insurance I'm, I'm speaking about. But uh, if it's an uninsured mortgage with less than 20% down, you're now over 6%. So these are the highest rates we've seen now in over 20 years. Um you know, and, and what's the crystal ball for September and the rates into the fall? I mean, again, you know, experts are saying they think that they'll hold on now. We're hoping that we maybe we'll see a little bit of a decrease into the end of the year to the first part of next. But I, I think at the end of the day is there's like anything in life, whether you're buying a house, a new car, some life insurance, there's no better time to buy than today. Right. Because if you always think, you know, I've got to wait till we're ready. I've got to wait to see what's going to happen on prices. Well, we've seen prices kind of lower a bit or flatten out on homes. But then we saw the rates go up versus before we saw higher home prices and lower rates. You know, if you did the math on that, in most cases, the scenario and the costings about the same, whether you had the higher priced home and the lower rate versus the lower priced home and the higher rate, you know, the payments work out to be about the same. So, there's no better time to buy than today. If you feel you're ready, you know, speak with those experts um, and and get your planning in place. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to be like you and say I have no crystal ball and I don't want to throw my neck out here on the 29th podcast. Someone's going to play it back later saying, well, you said so. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, if, if you're interested in, in, in buying or selling, the time is now to see uh, a great guy like Phil for sure. Yeah, and I think too, Chris, uh, you know, one thing that's really interesting to me right now is what happens when the interest rates, if they do eventually go down, right? Which is obviously, I'm not talking this year, maybe not even next year, right? But when these interest rates do go in the, in the, the lower direction, what's going to be interesting to me is that, you know, a lot of people that are holding on to these variable mortgages right now, or maybe he, maybe they're even in fixed and they got that renewal coming up and it's going to be very painful for them. You know, I think it's good to have those conversations now, for, for example, especially if you're in a five-year fix and it's coming up and you're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But if you're in a variable mortgage, um, what's interesting to me is, yeah, you're holding on, but what happens if the interest rates do start coming down, right? So right now, it it's interesting to get that you know that letter from the from from the lender. Okay, my interest rate's going up, my interest rate's going up. But if they start going the the other way, and now my the payment on the variable is going to be going to be lower. But then what happens with the market, right? I mean, a lot of this market stuff that I've seen, at least, it seems to be being driven by interest rates, pretty much only <laughs> that I can see. Um, and you still have an like an exceptional lack, I think, of housing in the London area. You think you know if you look at it, there was there was uh, some things I was reading about basically, you know, the, you need basically one house for every two people right now. And we, the, the numbers just don't make sense for that, for how much we're building right now. Right. So overall, I think it's interesting, right? You might have a house that you can hold on to that. Now you're going to have a lower payment 
you're going to increase in, in in price and maybe those there's people that wouldn't even be able to get into the market right so obviously i'm a real estate agent here i'm a little bit biased i think you know i, I bought a house last year so uh, you know it's 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 a situation where you know i'm still buying into the market but when we when we think about all these things and you know if you can make the payments and make it make sense and yeah maybe tighten your your belt a little bit around things i think you know you're you're investing in something that i think has a really good future in canada and obviously something that i i believe in as a real estate agent too um so let's talk, Chris. I know you know we talked a lot about you know financial, the financial side of things, houses, interest rates. But I want to talk a little bit about you know one of the places we met through uh, because I think it's really important for the podcast. It's something I've mentioned on the podcast uh, before as well. But you know we met through Dad Club London. Um, and I know you are the president of Dad Club London, so I thought, hey, let's get you uh, on the podcast to talk a little bit about this great organization that I've been able to be involved with uh, over the last uh, nine months or so. Um, and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about about Dad Club London, Chris. Uh, tell us about you know what why kind of you got involved in it. Well, it's an exciting time um, for Dad Club London. This is our our tenth year um, since inception, so our ten year anniversary, which is huge. Um, in those 10 years, we've raised um, just a little around $180,000 that we've helped support the London and surrounding community through different efforts. For example, AEDs and all the Thames Valley schools. Um, we've done a BIPOC crosswalk downtown London. Uh, we've done various um, back to school things for um, providing supplies for, for kids that needed it. Um, outreaches for homeless, having, you know, pop-up soup kitchens, handing out socks and mitts and things like that. And, and lots of cool, um, things, um, for the community as well as things for the families and for the dads. I mean, it just started out as a couple of dads all hanging out at a park, you know, kind of like yourself, a new dad with a nine month old and saying, Hey, like, what do I do about this? Or how do we deal with this? And, um, you know, it, it's grown up to as many as up to around 1,500 dads in the London surrounding area, mostly um, through Facebook. That's one of the main way, or ways to join is, you know, find us on Facebook. And, and really, it's an outlet where, um, you know, a dad will ask a question about, you know, different things, you know, it, so many different topics, you know, kids that are having learning deficiencies or, you know, bedwetting or babysitting or, you know, even just things about how to be a handy dad at home trying to fix things or needing help fixing things. So it, it's really a good organization where, you know, I've used a lot of the member services myself. A lot of members have used my services. I mean, it's just a great way to, it's a community that you can, of, of dads that you can like and trust. And we've got some great events coming up. We've got our big summer barbecue um, coming up um, at East Park. All that stuff is free where, you know, well, play some games and, and have some barbecue stuff. We've got a, a golf tournament coming up in uh, September, the September the 10th, I believe, you know, for our big fundraising efforts. This year, actually, to make the 10th year even more special is um, I'd like to crack um, the $200,000 in donations for our 10th year. So um, our, our big way that we're doing that um, is we're raising funds. We've got our own uh, our own beer right now with uh, our friends over at London Brewing Co-op that we have a Dad Club Kolsch beer out right now, which is raising funds. Um, the golf tournament's going to help. But what we want to do is we've committed $20,000 to Ronald McDonald 
uh, house charities here in London and Southwestern Ontario. Um, you know, they, they really don't need much of a, an introduction for Ronald McDonald House and all the fantastic things they do. But um, we're helping to make sure that their kitchen's stocked with food. And they also have a, a care, a family care room at uh, the Sick Kids Hospital here in London that a thousand, sorry, a hundred families go through a day to visit where they just go to have a break, a rest, a snack. Um, you know, they might need to do laundry, things like that. So our $20,000 is committed to them. Um, you know, and I will a big shout out to actually uh, Phil Bailey is one of our platinum sponsors. So thank you, Phil, for, for your large donation that you made to the club as well, too. Um, we really appreciate that. That's where a large part of our fundraisings come from sponsors like yourself. Um, we're just around the halfway mark there, just around 10000 in the $20,000 in donations. So we're pretty excited about that. But uh, it, it's a it's a great organization. I've been involved now for probably six, seven years. Um, this is my first year as the president of the club, so that's pretty exciting. But the way I got in, it was just through another dad just saying, hey, they were, they were actually doing a financial uh, night, financial literacy night for dads. And so they said, hey, maybe this is something you might be interested in since you're in the industry. And I joined up, and within about six months, I was on the board of directors. Um, I, the first time I joined up was actually one of our golf tournaments, the first, one of the first golf tournaments when we were doing the AED defibrillator stuff, and I, I knew no one. I, I just signed up as a single golfer, and even though I'm in this industry with people, you know, I'm kind of that – you know, introverted extrovert where, you know, I was around a bunch of strangers sitting in a golf cart, not knowing anybody. And, uh, you know, here I am a few years later, the president of the club. So it's kind of a cool story that way too. No, it's awesome, Chris. I, uh, yeah, the first time I think I went out officially was, uh, the, well, it's a couple events I think before, but the one that I went out kind of well, well, I was a new new dad that had no idea what I was doing. I still have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, was around uh, was pickleball actually. It was mm-hmm. super fun. Like I just like I had never played pickleball before. I played a little tennis, but I'd never played pickleball. Went out and it was just like I told my wife after I was like, wow, like everyone is just so positive. Like it's just like a self. It's, I call it a self esteem factory of dad's club. You just go and meet a bunch of cool guys and everyone's nice and they all everyone that would want to get involved in something like that. You know, usually they're not going to be a jerk, right? So it's. <laughs> Uh, everyone's just a nice guy they come out you play pickleball i like activities um and then we did the yeah the fundraiser at uh, forked river which was great because they you know we were able to match donations for that and raise some money uh but anything we can do kind of to get involved in the community side i think is is great and you know i think that some of the new new dads or dads that have been dads for a long time you know if if you want to get involved in something in in london I think it's a really cool thing to kind of just take your first step, find an event that you want to go to, right? There's, there's so many different things that, you know, sometimes, oh, I find that really exciting. Other times, you know, like the golf tournament, I'm terrible at golf, so I probably won't, won't be there, Chris, but you know, I can join for pickleball or I can join for a beer and, uh, and, and I will give a shout out as well to, to London Brewing uh, Co-op who, made another amazing beer it was uh you know i I got to taste this uh, dad club beer and i know uh proceeds from that beer go to directly to uh to the cause that they're supporting this year which is awesome so i really i appreciate you kind of uh talking about that chris and i know we kind of you know hit on the the fundraising element of that as well so uh just you know one couple of final questions chris if someone wants to get involved in dad's club would they just join through the facebook group or through the website what's best 
Yeah, so the Facebook group's probably the best way. There's um, uh, a thing there about joining up. You can also, I mean, get the information from the the webpage. I think it's www.dagclublondon.com. There's a lot of info there. If any of your listeners feeling really charitable and want to help donate to our cause, even there's a donate button there that they can click on and donate. And that's where members actually go through and register for all of our, our upcoming events as well, too. Um, but yeah, the Facebook page is a great one to sign up. There's a couple things to kind of read, you know, like all things following the rules that you want to obey by this and that kind of thing. And, um, we make sure that you're a real person and, um, then boom, you're, you're part of the, uh, the secret club. It is. It is a secret club, and you need uh, the the membership is a very uh, you know intense process. But I made it through. No, it's really not. It's not that intense at all. But <laughs> you do have to be a dad, I guess. That's the yeah. that's the one big one. But uh, you know, it's good to have people that actually show up for for things and uh, contribute to the community involvement side, which I think is great. But honestly, everyone's just really nice, and uh, I would highly recommend people get involved if. Uh, if they would like to. So the other thing too, Chris, I want to ask you is how can people get in touch with you on the, you know, for Burton Financial Group, want to make sure that people have a good way to get in contact with you through your website or what's best? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, our website, you can, you know, Google Burton Financial Group here in London. That's probably the easiest way. And uh, there's a couple of email links between myself or um, our administrator, Sherry, which is just info at burtonfinancialgroup.ca or um, my email is chris at burtonfinancialgroup.ca. I often thought I should have shortened that to make it easier for email than trying to type out Burton and financial and group or whatever and just make it BFG or something like that. But uh, yeah, just just uh, check out that. Search Burton Financial Group and uh, you should be able to find me and uh, be happy to help out. And, you know, the, the thing is I, I want to bring up real quick is that people think sometimes that you need to be at a certain maybe financial level to see if, you know, a financial security advisor or have a financial advisor. And that is true in some cases, but my business, my market is we're really here to serve the average London family. Um, you know, whether you make 30,000 or 300,000, I think we're all broke at a different level. And um, I think it's important to have some expert advice. So, um, you know, you don't, I don't want your listeners to feel that they need to be in a certain spot financially. You know, if you have simple questions about your, you know, your finances, your insurance to review, things like that, then uh, I'm the guy to just reach out to and ask some questions and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, that sounds great, Chris. I really appreciate you mentioning that because I do think there's a bit of you know a line sometimes with people where they think they need to be making a million bucks a year or something or have so much money for to talk to someone like that. And I think what's interesting about talking with you about those goals is that you can kind of see someone through because you know 20, 30 years later, things can change very drastically for someone in a positive way. I think if they've chatted with someone uh, like yourself. Uh, so that is it for the podcast. Thanks so much to uh, Chris Burton for joining us today on the podcast. My name is Phil Bailey. I'm a realtor in London, Ontario with House Sigma. You can text me 226-977-2348 or just go to my website and click contact me if you have any questions. It's philbailey.ca. Thanks again for Chris to join us today. I'm very excited to get our 30th episode coming up very soon. I don't know how we can be any more special than this one. Uh, Thank you so much, Chris, and uh, have a great day, everyone. Take care.